All right, so what's going on, guys? We got a special episode today. And in this episode, we got Eric Levine of the Peoria Rivermen, who's a goaltender in the SBHL. Eric, how are you? Doing good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So a little bit about you. You're born in Wheeling, Illinois, and you played youth hockey with, like, the Glenview Stars and the Skokie Flyers, right? Yeah, yeah. I spent uh, most of my uh, youth uh, with Glenview um, and then uh, left over when I was a midget uh, to play for Skokie. And then um, had a couple friends on the team from my first year at Skokie that ended up uh, playing for the now defunct uh, Chicago Force out of uh, West Meadows. So uh, after my first year, they uh, had a, I think a goalie might have quit the team or something happened uh, early in the season and the team needed a third goalie. So um, kind of got an audition with them and uh, based on kind of recommendations from some of my Skokie uh, Flyers uh, players and ended up uh, making the Chicago Force and yeah, it's kind of all uh, it's kind of all started it from there. That's awesome. It was a jun- junior B team, right? Yeah, it was junior B, uh, same league that is now the NA3. So uh, it was this, it was the old CSCHL back then and um, yeah, we played out of West Meadows, uh, which is funny because the team that we ended up playing a lot was the Peoria Mustangs, which are still a team and obviously where I'm playing at uh, now. I, yeah, the old uh, junior B team. Yeah, I actually just got done with the men's league game yesterday at West Meadows, too. So that's funny. <laughs> Meadows found the grounds. It is. And then uh, after you played with the Chicago Force, you went on to play with – in the OPJHL with the Wellington Dukes and then the CJHL with the Pembroke Lumber Kings. What was it like playing for those teams? And what was it like playing for the junior teams? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, obviously a big uh, culture change from coming from the States playing, you know, junior B, which wasn't the most um, serious or, you know, really well uh, attended games. But then you go up to Canada and you realize how important the junior hockey culture is and just the investment that the towns have in the team. And yeah, it was quite a change. Uh, it's a good change of scenery and um, things didn't work out too well for me in Wellington. Um, I had a friend that played on a team up there, so I kind of got a tryout with the coach, but um, he ended up taking me, which was cool, but I was the third goalie and didn't really play much. And then uh, the coach wanted to send me down to their junior B affiliate, but um, kind of as a 19 year old, my first time in Canada, I didn't really want to take a step backwards. So asked for a trade and ended up getting traded to Pembroke, which uh, couldn't have been the better opportunity for me and worked out really well and ended up uh, winning two championships with the Lumber Kings and, uh, our coach at the time was uh, Sheldon Keefe, who just recently got hired as the Toronto Maple Leafs coach. And so it was an awesome uh, experience to be up there and yeah, really good teams. And I had some good two years, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it seemed like a great experience, especially after winning those uh, Cups. Yeah, anytime you win a championship was cool. But, um, I mean, I say it was, you know, something um, in junior hockey. I mean, we played best of seven three rounds. So, I mean, we played a lot of playoff games very similar to what the NHL does. And it was my first taste at kind of what real junior hockey was about. And, you know, going through a playoff grind that lasted almost two months was, was a good awakening into what kind of professional hockey would be like. And yeah, the teams we had were awesome and we obviously had a great coach, but um, I was a backup my first year. Um, and then I ended up taking over the starting job and, and uh, played my second year. And so it was, <laughs> Oh my God, sorry. No, you're good. It was uh, so it was, it was neat to be a part of uh, championships with kind of two different uh, teams and two different um, positions on the team. Yeah, for sure. What was it like playing in Canada? Since like hockey is such a big thing over there. Yeah, hockey's everything over there. It's the most important sport. Uh, 
it is absolutely what uh, drives that uh, whole country. It's it's something that everyone, from when you're a youth to juniors or college, whatever, people love hockey, and and it was it was really neat to be in a country where you know you turn on uh, the TV and it's not basketball or football highlights. It's all NHL highlights. So it's a, it's a country that loves hockey and and loves to uh, to support the local junior teams. And um, everyone plays, whether it's men's league in the backyard uh, or at some point uh, collegially or professionally. So people are well educated and they kind of know the game and they're, they're, they're really good fans. And yeah, it's just the hockey immersed uh, country. So it was, it was, it was a lot of fun for sure. Someplace I would move back to definitely. Uh, That's awesome. seems like a hockey heaven up there. Yeah. (laughs) What was your favorite memory of uh, playing junior hockey? Um, I would say definitely, um, you know, it was cool when I went up to, when I went up to Pembroke, um, I got to go with, with one of my best friends from the force, uh, Mike Santee, uh, him and I kind of grew up playing hockey together and we were both fortunate to make the lumber Kings. And, um, I would say the best memory for sure was not once, but twice, uh, I was able to kind of hand him the cup after we won in our celebration and just something cool that, you know, two kids from Chicago, uh, going all the way up to Pembroke, Ontario and bringing the city, uh, championships and, and being able to hand the cup to him and be a part of that celebration. Uh, was something I'll never forget. That seems like a surreal experience that you'll never forget. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's cool that they gave us, you know, we got rings uh, from the team and, um, you know, my parents still have them. Uh, and it's something, you know, for sure, as I reflect upon my career, I'll, I'll look back and be really proud of um, kind of what I did for each of those uh, to be part of those teams. And, um, you know, the first team when I was there as a backup, uh, actually a quick funny story, my goalie partner, who was our starter, we were set to play in our first playoff series and uh, the practice before our game one, he ended up uh, pulling his shoulder out and I ended up having to go in and play the first series. So it was kind of cool to get some action. And then, uh, the second uh, go around with them, I was on the team for the first two months, and then I was actually traded away, and then traded back for it in the same season. So I got dealt from Pembroke, and then got dealt back to Pembroke, and won. So kind of in each of the years, there was you know little moments where I uh, uh, had something really cool happen, or just a really good experience that kind of built a lot of character. And it was just a learning. It was it was a development, and it was my first real taste into into what actual high level hockey is like. And like I said, I was so fortunate to be coached by Sheldon Keefe, who obviously has worked his way up and is now with the Maple Leafs. And I can tell you, he's as good of a coach as advertised and, and taught me so much about the game. So my junior experience couldn't have been any better. And ultimately it led to my goal, which was to play division one college hockey and was fortunate to get a scholarship out of that league. And so, yeah, I really couldn't have worked out any better for me. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, uh, after juniors, you got a scholarship to play D1 at Robert Morris University of Pennsylvania. What was like your the biggest difference from playing junior to college um with junior hockey uh, you play with good players no doubt um but i played junior hockey when i was 19 and 20 so i was one of the older guys and you play against 16 and 17 year olds that are really good no doubt but in college hockey you know you play against some guys that are 23 years old and they're men and they're strong um the biggest difference is just the speed and the strength i mean played college hockey but we almost trained like a football team and it's just amazing how big and strong uh and how fast these guys were it's just a different game it's it's way more up and down it's way more linear hockey it's it's more shoot the puck crash the net get traffic in front um so having to deal with bigger bodies and just the speed of the game was was most noticeable and you know we played a fairly strong non-conference schedule all four of my years so i got to see 
top five teams in the country and, and play against um, some players that went on to win the Hobie Baker or went on to play prominent uh, time in the NHL. And, and so getting to see some of the best of college hockey was, was pretty awakening, but yeah, the biggest thing for sure is just the speed and the strength of the game. Um, something that you adapt to, but yeah, you play against men, you don't play against boys. Yeah, for sure. Seemed like a really cool uh, experience for you. Yeah, I was I was fortunate too. I was supposed to come into uh, Robert Morris with another fellow freshman goalie. It was supposed to be two of us coming in, and then there was a sophomore there. And the freshman that I was supposed to come in with um, failed his clearinghouse, which is the NCAA clearinghouse um, test or whatever the qualifications for getting your grades in order. And he ended up failing that, so he couldn't even get into school. So I was really fortunate that I came into a program where I was one of two goalies. Uh, typically in college you have three if not four guys that are battling for ice time so each of my first three years I got to play what was it about 30 games uh, about 12 a year um, 10 or 12 games a year my first three years and then that kind of prepared me for my last year when I played um, when I started every game of the season so most times freshmen especially goaltenders they have to sit uh, it's rare that you even get a game as a freshman or a sophomore and so I, I, I kind of lucked out where the other goalie coming in um, never even arrived and and I was given a great opportunity to play and definitely prepared me for my last year which is where I got the majority of my ice time and and got a lot of my scouting which helped uh, kind of spring more for me into pro hockey and so yeah just fortunate all around that it worked out but it was a great experience and something um, you don't really get to ever go through again with you have the same teammates for three or four years and you develop really good relationships with them because in juniors and pro you get a lot of guys moving in and out and it's where you stick with the same group for year after year so you develop a lot closer relationships with your teammates and and it was a lot of fun yeah it seems like a lot of fun did you uh, during your four-year career at rmu you had a record of 30 22 and 11 posting a 2.69 goals against average and you sit 25th all time with a 0.925 safe percentage how much did it mean to you for the 25th all time in ncaa d1 um, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. I, I think my dad was, was, was more someone that pointed that out to me, um, that I was even aware of. Um, I mean, that's anytime you're, I mean, guess recognized as maybe a top 30 collegiate goalie. I mean, you look at some of the names of Ken Dryden and Ryan Miller and Jimmy Howard and Ben Bishop. I mean, there's guys down the ranks that have played college hockey. And so it's neat to be maybe considered, um, in that. And, you know, I've always thought, and I've always believed that a goalie's save percentage more indicative of their, performance than a goals against average I think a goals against is more of a team stat um, and a save percentage is more about uh, your skills as an individual so um, it's certainly cool to be recognized I think my goal every year was to have above a 920 um, but you know looking back it, it's kind of a it's kind of a smoke and mirrors type of stat because a lot of college hockey is coming over the blue line shoot the puck and crash the net so if you're good with your you know your rebound control and you're set on the first shot you should be able to make you know around 920 of the thousand shots you face whereas in professional hockey you have a lot more pull-ups a lot more guys looking to make plays and a lot more guys opting to pass the puck for better scoring chances so the game was i wouldn't say easier it was certainly still hard but it was a lot of shooting the puck from the wall and, and stuff that, you know, as long as you were set and I'm the big guy that was out on top of my crease, um, you know, I felt like I could, I could handle that level. But, but yeah, it's it's certainly neat to, after my career, to kind of look back and say, yeah, I, I put up some good numbers. And, um, and I said, I have nothing but uh, fond memories of, of my college career and definitely had some games where I, I thought I played really well. So they were fun. That's always a good thing. What was, yeah. your, what was your favorite college hockey memory? Um, 
it would definitely be uh, my senior year. We played in the Christmas tournament, the Three, uh, Three Rivers Classic, um, which for us in Pittsburgh, it was the first year that the new Consol Energy Center was opened and they tore down the Mellon Arena where the Penguins used to play. Um, and it was during the lockout year, uh, so there wasn't uh, hockey going on during the season. So um, there was a ton of people that showed up to our Christmas tournament. Uh, it was, I believe, us, Ohio State, Penn State, who was the new Division One program, and then Miami of Ohio, who was the fifth-ranked team in the country that year. And uh, we ended up beating Penn State the first game because the way the college tournaments work is you have four teams and you play a semifinal and a final game. So um, we beat Penn State 6-0 uh, the first game, and then we ended up playing Miami of Ohio in the championship game uh, Saturday night, and we ended up beating them one nothing. And I, I made 51 saves that game, and wow. um, ended up uh, having 99 saves uh, on the weekend. So I had back-to-back shutouts, and it was just really cool though to do it at the new Penn's rink. It was a gorgeous facility. We had the Penguins national anthem singer was there, and there's maybe about 12 or 13,000 people. And like I said, it was just um, Pittsburgh's a huge hockey town and a huge supporter of, of the Penguins. And without really NHL hockey being played, they were kind of uh, excited to see some sort of high-level hockey. So we had a really good turnout fan-wise. And it was special that my parents and my brother um, flew in and were able to see the games. Uh, that was probably the most uh, important thing to me as I had my family there. But, yeah, just one of those weekends where it seemed like no matter what you did, the puck was hitting you. And, uh, anytime you can have back-to-back shutouts, but to have a 51 save shutout and a one nothing win against uh, the fifth-ranked team in the country, uh, I don't know how you can top that. So yeah, uh, awesome. I would say that's probably my best memory. Yeah, that, that must have been a lot of fun when you shut out top the fifth-ranked team. Yeah, it was it, it was cool for you know obviously the personal reasons, but I think more so just you know we were obviously we we're unfortunate enough we didn't win a, a league championship, so we never got to raise a trophy, but you know, you were awarded a trophy and there was a ceremony and to kind of see our team get to come together like that. And my roommate and one of my best friends was our captain that year. And he was the original walk-on defenseman and ended up being, you know, one of our best defensemen. And he was a local Pittsburgh guy. So he got to kind of go and get the cup from the, I believe it was Dan Bilesma, who was the Penns coach wow. at the time, awarded us the cup. And so for me to see one of my best friends and someone who's from Pittsburgh and had probably 50 family and friends in town to like see him get to go and, and, and kind of lift the cup up. And then we had a little ceremony with it was, was really special. So um, yeah, that was something I'll never forget. And just an awesome experience all around. Yeah. That, that just seems unreal. It seems sick. <laughs> yeah. Every time I look back on it, it's, it's, it's kind of seems cooler and cooler. I mean, you don't really notice it, or I guess you don't really appreciate it in, in the moment. And, um, but as, you know, looking back and, and seeing some old pictures or, or going through some old video footage, um, it was something that, you know, I'll show my kids and my grandkids one day uh, in terms of some of my better accomplishments in my hockey career. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, for sure. If you could uh, redo your whole co- college career, would you or would you keep it the same? <clears throat> um, no, I would probably keep it the same. I. I wish I had a little uh, better uh, gear. I don't think I had the best gear when I was there. I don't really think I wore my gear correctly. I don't think I was the – I mean, obviously, I'm seven years removed from college, and I'm a much better goalie now. I I wish I would have known a lot of the things that have helped me be successful in my later stages of my career that I could have applied to college hockey, but that's all sort of hearsay. And, you know, in the moment, college taught me a lot of lessons, not just uh, for hockey-wise, but I had a great – 
um, academic experience too. So there wasn't much I would change. And, and for sure, it gave me the opportunity to kind of play where I am now. And no, for sure, it was uh, something that I had nothing but good memories and, and wouldn't want to change for anything. Yeah, for sure. That seems awesome. So after your career in college came to an end at Robert Morris, you signed a PTO with the Syracuse Crunch of the American Hockey League, and you're the third string as they went all the way to the College Cup Finals. What was that experience like for you, and what did you learn? Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, I, I kind of I passed up on a few opportunities um, to play in the East Coast Hockey League that year because I wanted to try to get to the highest level that I could. And Syracuse came in with a PTO, and you know Tampa was at the at the Three Rivers Classic, and they saw me play, and they really liked me. So, um, you know, I think if I would have um, understood a little more about how pro hockey worked, um, I probably should have taken the opportunity to play in the ECHL because I was offered to be a starter for a team that ended up actually going on to win the ECHL uh, Kelly Cup. But at the time, you know, you want to play at the highest level and, and Syracuse offered me a PTO and um, certainly uh, was such a, a different just lifestyle and different um, game altogether. I mean, you're playing professional hockey with, I mean, on our team that year was Tyler Johnson, Andre Palat, uh, Andrew Schuster, Radko Gudis, um, so many of these guys that, you know, ended up playing in the NHL and, and a lot of guys that were with Tampa for their Stanley Cup run. So, I mean, I got to see some incredible players right off the bat. And, you know, when you're new to pro hockey, you don't know what's going on. You don't know how things work. And so to come into that type of environment where Steve Eiserman was walking around our hallways as the general manager and uh, getting to interact with some of those guys was was so cool. I felt so privileged. Um, I kind of felt like I skipped three, you know, I, I skipped the first three levels of playing the video yeah. game and you just go right to the final level. You're just right in this Calder Cup uh, run and you don't really realize how big of a deal it is. But I mean, you're playing in the second best league in North America and your team is buzzing and you, we're winning games and we're having fun. And it taught me a lot. But I mean, the coolest part for me you know, as a goalie was getting to work with uh, Franz Jean, who was our goalie coach for the Tampa Bay Oh, he was goalie coach for Syracuse and then now is the goalie coach for the Lightning. But he was our, there with us full time. And, you know, every day I would either go on with the team and sort of share the reps with the first goalie. And in playoffs, a lot of times you're playing back-to-back -back nights or the starting goalie just might need some rest. It was uh, Cedric uh, Desjardins. So there was times where he just didn't want to practice because he was so tired from the game. So I would fill in for him, which was cool. Um, or I would just come on right after the team practice because usually he would get off right away. And then I would stay on and take shots for about 20 minutes with all the guys that wanted to do extra work. Um, and then, you know, I would stay on. We had a group of what we called the Black Aces. So in the American League or the NHL, when you go make a playoff run, you have to have everyone that's on your team there. So we had about eight extra skaters and one extra goalie. So after the team practice was done, the Zam would come on and then we'd have our, our entire own hour practice with just the eight guys and myself. So, you know, I had eight guys shooting on me and I had an NHL goalie coach one-on-one -on -one working with me. So like, I, I was so privileged to have that sort of interaction and to hear all the advice that, that, that he gave me. And to this day, some of the things that he told me technical wise and um, positional and just a lot of, about the mental side of the game are still things that resonated uh, or that resonate with me. And, um, like I said, just so, so cool to be able to work with that caliber of a coach um, by your side for what ended up being two months. We ended up making a run to the finals. So, yeah, it was it was a great introduction to pro hockey and, and uh, 
yeah, really cool that uh, we ended up winning, but unfortunately we couldn't get it done. But um, yeah, it was just amazing to be part of that whole uh, culture and, and to be with those players was something I'll never forget. Yeah, for sure. That, that's awesome. And speaking of another awesome thing, you were invited that next summer to be with the New York Rangers development camp. What was that? What was that like for you? Um, yeah, that was, you know, more of the first um, kind of taste of what like a training camp is like in, in the National Hockey League. I mean, it wasn't the training camp. It was a prospects camp. But in terms of how things were run and the organizational, um, you know, responsibilities for how you kind of negotiate things like travel and accommodations and scheduling and, and things, it was neat to be part of a, of a training camp setting. And, um, you know, it's funny at the time, you know, I didn't really know anyone that was there, but, but looking forward a couple of years, you know, some of my best friends that I've made in hockey ended up being on that, on that roster or, you know, part of that camp that I just didn't know at the time. So it's kind of funny how hockey works. Um, but that was really cool. Um, you know, I thought I did really well. I thought I played phenomenal in the scrimmage games and, and everything. Um, unfortunately it didn't lead to a contract. I mean, a, big part of going to a camp like that as a free agent is you try to get a deal you try to get a team to say hey we're going to sign you um that didn't happen but uh the experience was really cool um and then i was fortunate enough that later that summer i got invited to the nashville predators main training camp um so i kind of thought the rangers thing sort of prepared me um i would have been a little blindsided and and kind of been maybe a little more nervous had I gone into the Nashville situation without any sort of preparation for what a training camp is like. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just good practice and it was, it was good experience. And, you know, I got to work with Benoit Lair, who's the goalie coach for the Rangers and who's helped Henrik Lundqvist his whole life. So we had a couple of goalie sessions, which again, were so cool to be on the ice with, you know, arguably one of the top five goalie coaches of all time. Um, so yeah, it was great, but it was, it was good preparation for kind of what the pro scene was going to be like moving forward. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you've played with 11 teams in, as a pro so far. What was it? What's it like when you know you can be moved, traded, called up, or sent down at any time? Um, I mean, it's definitely it's it's both stressful and exciting. I mean, the exciting part is you know there's always opportunity and there's always for goaltenders specifically. Um, you know, you can be uh, as I've told many people, you can be completely out of the game and you could have no teams that want you and you could feel like you're done, and then that's on Thursday night. And then come Sunday morning, you could have four teams calling you and you could be moving up levels way faster than players. Cause there's just very few goalie spots. Um, and when they're, when they're full, they're full and there's no room for you at all. But when they become vacant, you're in desperate need. So it's a really weird, um, situation to be in. Um, but it's, it's both stressful and exciting. Um, I really enjoyed the battle of trying to move up and down and, and play the highest level I could my first couple years pro and thought I did a really good job of staying resilient through some teams that didn't really work out and through some failure situations, but I kind of stuck with it and, you know, ended up playing well enough to earn American League deals and East Coast Hockey League contracts and, you know, was ECHL goalie of the week and, and earned an American League deal. And I, and I kind of did all the things that I wanted to personally, but, you know, I for myself, nothing really compares to when you're with a team and you know, you're going to be there all year. Um, you, you have a lot of the stress taken away and it's just the little things like you can unpack and you can decorate your room. You know, you can make your room, your own living space. Cause when you're not really sure if you're going to be there tomorrow, you don't really want to spend money and time and all these things to make your living quarters perfect. And you just kind of deal with what's there. And, 
you know, you don't really buy food in advance. You just kind of buy day for day. And um, so it's nice when you know that you're settled in because you can kind of unwind, take a deep breath and just realize, okay, this is where I'm at. And that's the situation I'm in right now in Peoria um, where I know I'm going to be here all year. And um, it's kind of freed up my, my mental anguish, if you will. And it's just giving me so much more uh, calm and, you know, relax, relaxed vibes. And it's just way easier to deal with personally. So I definitely was glad that I went through all those um, years where I didn't know where I was going to be and taught me how to be very quick to move and you have to adapt and you have to be ready to sort of, you know, you don't get that many opportunities. So you can get called up and your first game is tomorrow and you got to go, you know, drive or fly all night and you got to get there and play and you got to play really well your first game. And that's very nerve wracking, but going through that, you learn how to handle that. And that's uh, certainly played a part in a lot of my recent success, but from a personal standpoint, I, I really enjoy the um, sort of the situation where I know I'm going to stay all year and it's just easier to play loose and play relaxed and play with the free and, and kind of calm mind. But um, yeah, I'm glad I've been through both of those situations for sure. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, uh, it's a good experience for you as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it teaches you a lot. Yeah. So right now you're currently with the Peoria Rivermen, like you said, and you're currently 6-0-1 right now. What's been going right for you and your team? Um, well, we have, I mean, we have the best coach in the league. I mean, our coach, um, he's been the best coach in this league for seven years. He's, he's, he's absolutely incredible. So he's uh, not only a good coach, but he's a fantastic recruiter. So he's brought in high level players and we have a great team, obviously, but, um, like any team in pro hockey, I mean, you're going to have good players and you're going to have depth players. And, and we just seem to have a team that, that has everything. We've got good penalty killing. We've got really good depth up front. We have strong, big defensemen. We've got puck moving defensemen. Um, we just have all the tools right now. And, and we're led by a guy that grew up in Peoria and uh, Alec Hageman, who, you know, has lived and breathed Peoria his whole life and is so proud to wear this C and, and goes out there every night and, and leads by example and is our most physical and, and our most hard nosed players. So, we just have a great team and, but off the ice, we're just such good people. And we have a good blend of leadership, uh, older guys, uh, such as myself and, and some other of our players that have been around or have been with Peoria for multiple years and understand how, how important it is to represent the Riverman well and, and appreciate the opportunity that we have. And we've got a lot of young guys that are up and coming that want to move up, but also know they have to dominate down at this level. And we're just getting production up and down our lineup. And, you know, when you have, good forwards, good defensemen, and you add in good goaltending, I mean, you're going to win a lot of games in this league. So it's, it, it's been good so far, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's very early and there's a lot, a lot of hockey left to be played. So you just try to keep your nose down and go out there and win the next game. Yeah, for sure. It's seems uh, when you got a team like that, just keeps going up, keeps going uphill. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really have to go out there and, you know, be the, be the absolute savior and, you know, make 45 save the night. I just have to go out and make the saves that I need to. And, I know our team is going to be offensively, uh, you know, productive, whether it comes in the first period or lately it's maybe coming later in the second and in the third, like you just got to keep the team in the game. So, you know, for me, it's, it's, it, it's a lot easier knowing that I've been on teams that, you know, average less than two goals a game and you're really gripping your stick and you're really saying, I got to go out there and pitch a shutout tonight. Otherwise we got no chance. And it's a very nervous type of behavior to play with and doesn't really lead to consistent results. So, going out there and knowing that your team is going to score and, and, and is capable of, of coming back and, and is capable of making noise. You, you go out there and just have fun and you don't really worry about other than maybe keep, 
keep it under four goals. I mean, if they keep it under four goals, we got a chance to win. So, I mean, it's been pretty easy for me so far. Yeah, for sure. I saw a video of that you got in a little scrum a few weeks ago against uh, <laughs> Macon Mayhem. What happened yeah. during that? Uh, earlier in the period, uh, one of their guys uh, I thought was kind of embellishing and, and diving around. And uh, he was a first year player and he was kind of acting like an idiot. So uh, when I saw him in the little scrum, kind of in my crease, I just uh, let him know that. Um, hey, this is pro hockey and, you know, learn to skate and stay on your edges. And he didn't like that very much. So I didn't expect uh, him when I, I gave him a little shove and, and kind of, you know, told him to grow up. And I didn't think he was going to drop his gloves and start attacking me, but I guess it must have uh, triggered him at the wrong time. And so he uh, kind of tackled me to the ground and uh, luckily didn't get any punches in, uh, just kind of tackled me. And then, you know, before I know it, uh, I got about eight guys on top of me and, couldn't really move for a couple minutes but yeah. uh it sparked uh, definitely a sort of a, a line brawl if you will on the ice and uh we handled business uh you know anytime you go after a goalie you know your your coach is not happy your teammates mm -hmm. are not happy and um, we got some pretty tough customers on our team and, and we ended up uh i think pounding them pretty good and more importantly we you know we ended up beating them that game which was all i cared about so that's part of hockey and you know i definitely initiated it and you know definitely uh probably started or deserved uh that and I, and I wasn't mad at all about uh you know the guy wasn't suspended or I think him and I just both got five minute penalties like I was totally fine with everything that happened it's hockey and uh, certainly uh, had no hard feelings about it but I, I I got a pretty tough team in front of me and, and we certainly uh, handled business uh, from then on out so that's always good it's always fun to nice watch to involved. it's always it's always fun to watch that as a as a fan <laughs> trust me it was it was more fun to be a part of and and especially for how how much the fans were giving it to me um, later on in the game. Like I said, beating them and, and ended up, I mean, we played them. That was our third game against them in a row. We ended up playing them four consecutive times um, and beat them all four times and uh, have kind of buried them in the bottom of the standing. So it, it, it felt way better to get the two points and the four points that weekend yeah. <laughs> more than the fights. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's fun to be involved and um, I'm 31 years old and, and I know I'm not going anywhere this year. So uh, it's it's nice to, to mix it up a little bit and keeps me on my toes. <laughs> Always a fun time. <laughs> All right, so uh, you own a goalie camp called uh, the Midwest Goalie School. How did how did it start up, and what's it like being the owner of the school? Yeah, so the goalie school was actually uh, founded in 1982. Um, it's been running for you know 30 years, and and it's a place that I actually went to when I was um, a, a youth goalie. I, I went there every summer. So I was familiar with the goalie school and um, when I was, you know, 15 or 16, whatever, I, I kind of started working part-time and, you know, volunteer work just because, you know, as whatever, you're a freshman in high school and you have to do, you know, some sort of volunteer work for your school. And, and I asked to help start coaching and, you know, years, years later, I kind of just uh, went back every year and, and really enjoyed coaching because it's nice to sort of work with goalies that are younger and, and get to pass on the you know, the knowledge and the, and the skills that you were, um, you know, used to, or, or that you learned or that you thought could help them. Um, and the goalie community itself is just a great thing to be a part of, no matter if it's, uh, the goalie across from me in the net or a kid that I work with. I mean, you're kind of all on the same team. So any chance you have to help out, uh, some fellow goalies, you really feel good. And, and you really know that that advice that you're giving them is a really well received and appreciated. And I've always enjoyed, um, the satisfaction of, of when you see a kid that just gets better or picks up something you say and it makes a difference in their game. I, 
there's nothing better in the world than when you can make an impact. And especially for this position, there's just so few people out there that have the have the skills or have the knowledge to really make a difference in a goalie's game and, and understand what that person's going through mentally and technically. And so I just had always gravitated towards the goalie camp. And then, um, you know, once the original owner had passed along the goalie camp to someone else, I kind of became the second man in charge and, and started having more responsibility with uh, registration and, and sort of running more of the dry land and, and, and organizing things, um, which gave me really good experience for eventually when I um, purchased the goalie camp from that second owner who uh, sold it to me. And I kind of got to make my own mark on, on how I thought a camp should be run and what I thought it should entail. And the sort of uh, thing that I would have really liked to do as a goalie myself, I try to implement into what we do and, I try to get high level shooters and good goalie coaches that, you know, all the guys that work for me are all goalies that play college or play pro um, or have really high level experience. So they, they understand the current game and, and they're hungry and they want to teach and they all appreciate, you know, the position that we're in. So uh, really fortunate. Uh, I've been running it for, um, I think this is my sixth year in charge and we've tried to grow uh, and adapt and, and do things every year that are a little different and, We've had a lot of return business and a lot of new business, so it's definitely uh, working. And and you know, I'm just I'm lucky, man. I I work with awesome kids and and I deal with really neat parents and and I have the best job in the world. So it's uh, something that's been really good for me. Um, it's been keeps me involved and you know keeps me on the ice. Uh, so it's it it really couldn't be a better situation for kind of what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it just seems like seems awesome. Seems awesome what you're doing. Just yeah, keep doing it. And it's fun every now and then, you know, you're used to taking shots all year and, and eating pucks and it's nice to get the forward stick out and, and snipe some goalies sometimes. Yeah. That, feels, that feels really good. Especially when I work with my junior goalies or the goalies that are older and you get to go full on and you get to snipe them. What's your main goal for the camp? Um, you know, it's hard to say cause I'm still playing. So, you know, professional hockey takes up the majority of my year. So yeah. the summer camp um, is always kind of my summer job. Um, and it's always the goal just to pro provide high level coaching, technical training, um, mental and spiritual guidance for goalies that want to get better and, and give goalies a chance to come for, even if it's just one week or for a lot of kids, they come two or three weeks, but just give them an experience during the week where it's all about them. I mean, during the season, it's, it's all about the team and they're more just, more or less targets in the net and they don't really get a ton of help and feel a little bit um, isolated and sort of on an island. So we try to make their experience really positive and, you know, said surrounding them with goalies and goalie coaches and people that understand and, and appreciate what, you know, what they go through. So um, more than that too, like, honestly, I've, I've seen over the years as we get more uh, involved and we've been doing this for longer, you see the same kids come back every year and you can just tell when you see them get together that, you know, they themselves develop friendships and they themselves are playing against these, you know, their buddies that they're at camp with, they see during the year because we group a lot of the ages very similarly. So someone that they might uh, see, if a kid plays for the Huskies and he plays against the goalie from the Chargers, it's like they know each other from being at Midwest Goalie School. And you can just tell there's that instant friendship. And I said the goalie community is kind of is goes above and beyond sometimes your regular season culture and I think these goalies all getting together and you can see how they bond and, and how the fun they have and develop friendships that hopefully last and you know all my best friends that I have currently are all guys that I played with or against or you know are goalies and so getting to provide that sort of um, environment and, and getting to 
be a part of um, their development uh, is really special. And particularly, like I said, working with some of our kids and just seeing them mature and grow over the years and develop into some really good goalies. And we've got a lot of kids in the pipeline that have a chance to play high level hockey. Um, you know, we have one of our kids that made the development team uh, last year. We've got a ton of goalies that have gone on to play division three and division one college. Um, a couple of our goalies I even work with play in my league or play in the ECHL. And a lot of kids right now that we work with in the AAA ranks that are 13 or 14 or 15, you can just tell are going to be studs one day. So to kind of be there and, and you know, be a consistent um, kind of framework for them to want to come back to, because most times we see kids for one or two weeks a year, we see them in the summer and that's it. So we try to really value that experience and, and I think we do a good job with it. And so just a lot of great people in the goalie community and, and I, I have a ton of fun doing it and I'm surrounded by good coaches and good people. So, I mean, it really is, uh, it's fun and it's rewarding at the same time. And, you know, it helps to pay the bills and offset the, um, you know, the, the salaries that we make in minor league hockey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> what do you, uh, what would you say is your future plans? Like after you get down playing pro? Um, I'm certainly going to be involved in the goaltending coaching, uh, you know, community in some way. I mean, I've, I've been offered or I've thought about jobs with organizations to be goalie, to, you know, to be a goalie director, which, you know, we're with one organization right now where the goalie directors for the Northern Express, um, Park Ridge Hockey Association. So, you know, one of my coaches stays back during the year. He's a teacher. And he runs all the goalie coaching for the clinics and the practice visits and stuff like that. So I can imagine that I'll be involved with probably one or, or multiple organizations. Um, and then from there, you know, I don't know if we're going to continue to run the summer camps. Um, it seems to be such a easy uh, sort of thing because everyone's off in the summer and that's when everyone wants coaching and wants training. So I really can't see us, um, completely eliminating that but in terms of coaching I'll, I'll still be involved and then I hope to really get heavily involved into uh, yoga I'm uh, taking my yoga teacher training um, next uh, fall and something that is really a passion of mine so if I can sort of um, you know blend or or even have both sides of of teaching yoga and being involved in that community and also still staying current with the goalie coaching and, and doing stuff that makes me happy. I mean, both of those things would be awesome to work with. So I can envision myself having, um, you know, both of those cohesive things in my life for sure. That's awesome. Where, where's uh, like your main like camps, you like your bigger camps around the Chicago area? Yeah. So we're mostly, um, you know, we travel from rink to rink. So, you know, every week is at a different rink. We try to hit different locations, but we go to Canland, Romeoville, um, Rocket and Bolingbrook. We do a lot out in the North Shore, so at North Shore Ice Rink, at Wilmette Ice Rink, um, we have usually our advanced camp for our junior and college kids, uh, Seven Bridges Ice Rink, and then we do a couple tune-ups at the Leaf Center out in West Dundee and at West Meadow, uh, at West Meadows. So, you know, we really try to circle about a two-hour radius and, and try to spread ourselves out and try to hit all all the different areas so the kids don't have to travel too far. And but yeah, we mostly stay in the north, you know, in the northwest suburbs ish. That's that, that's awesome i love what you guys are doing as a as a goal goalie school and like every everything pretty much yeah i appreciate it man it's i said it's just it's rewarding and it's a job that you go to and you know you wake up and you know i'm actually excited to go see because you get to see so many great kids and you know you see obviously you have every type of kid you know the crazy add kids and the ones that don't want to listen and the ones that do want to listen but you know for the most part we get such good kids that that are there to get better and you can tell that they just value and they appreciate 
you know, you sharing your time and, and you doing drills and you working with them and, and you trying to make them better. So um, that sort of interaction is more important or is more valuable than a paycheck or anything like that. It's just, it's fun work. And it, I was lucky to have great mentors, great coaches that, you know, if I didn't have that sort of uh, leadership and if I didn't have that, that sort of coaching that helped me when I was developing, you know, I would nowhere be playing where I'm at right now. So it, it feels like it's sort of my duty to give back and to hopefully influence um, some of those kids to, to pursue their careers because as a goaltender, I mean, as you know, like it's not easy and usually you're not very good uh, up until you mature as like a 23 year. I would say I didn't even become the goalie that I really feel like was my true potential till I was like 29 years old. So, you know, up until that point, it's just a lot of, failure and then learning and then getting better and then failure and learning. And sometimes you just need to support. And, you know, that's kind of what I try to do is offer that support to the goalies of, Hey, just stick with the man. And it's going to be okay. If you have a tough couple of months or you have a tough year, or doesn't mean that it's always going to be like that. And I think sort of that encouragement um, is probably the most well-received um, that we get from feedback from goalies is, and the parents particularly is just encouraging them to stick with it because it's a tough position, but the more you do it, the better you get. And, you know, someday uh, hopefully you have a lot of kids that play college and kind of get to live out their maximum potential uh, as a goalie. And so there's nothing better than that. So, yeah. Goalie is a tough position, but it's toughest. I love it. (laughs) Yes. It's also the most rewarding and there's, there's nothing better because you have the ultimate control of the game and, you know, if they can't get it past you, they can't win. So that type of, uh, that, 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 you know, that type of control you have over the outcome is, is something that no other hockey player will ever experience. And it's a pretty cool feeling when yeah. you go out there and, and you're the backbone of a team, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, thank you for coming on. I think that's all we got for today. So awesome, thank you man. for coming on. Yeah, I dude, appreciate my it. pleasure, dude. Anytime. And if you ever get up to Peoria, let me know, and I'll uh, get you some tickets, and we'll meet up after the game. I will, for sure. Sounds good.